Well, welcome back to Learning to Serve. I am your host, Krista Wallace. Thanks to all of you who joined our virtual event, CDL4, last month. We had guests from 11 different countries join us for a full day of learning. My highlight, of course, was watching the student presentation from the Dulos Discovery School. This is the Expeditionary Learning Christian School that we launched in the Dominican Republic almost 20 years ago. So over the next several weeks, I will be sharing pieces from the virtual event on the podcast, so stay tuned. But this week, we have a special guest, Dr. Stan Ward. Dr. Ward is a consultant, a leadership coach, and he was a Christian school teacher and administrator, which is where we first met. He has a Ph.D. in leadership studies and was the director for the Center for Action Research at Claremont Lincoln University. Stan is also a personal friend of mine. We work together at a Christian school in Texas, and he honestly is just remarkable. You would love him and his family if you ever got to meet him in person. He has a new ebook on Amazon called How to Beat Burnout for Yourself, for Your Family, and for Your Team. So we're going to get to hear the backstory uh, of his burnout story. And um, honestly, if you've never checked the show notes before, please, 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 I'm going to have a whole host of different resources that he's providing on burnout. So there's also a special offer he's doing with, uh, with Christian school teachers and administrators specifically on burnout. Um, and if you're listening to this and you feel like, hey, that's me, he is totally describing me, then he's going to be offering a special cohort just for folks like you, and you can contact him directly about that. But we're going to have different resources uh, from him that are worth looking into, as well as a PDF that you can download. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Dr. Ward. Hey folks, and welcome to Learning to Serve, the podcast that explores deeper learning in Christian schools. I'm your host, Krista Wallace. Let's dive in. All right. Well, welcome, Dr. Ward. It is a pleasure to have you on today's podcast, Learning to Serve. You and I have known each other for a long time, and I'm just delighted that you are that you're going to be with us today. So today we're talking about burnout, and uh, you've recently published an online book called How to Beat Burnout for Yourself, for Your Family, and Your Team. What was the impetus for this project? Yeah, and, and it actually, online book too, just to say, so it it is available to Amazon in both print and digital formats, as well as uh, barnesandnoble.com and several of the other online retailers. Um, as far as impetus, I would say there's both a professional impetus and a personal impetus, just because I like alliteration. So uh, on the professional side, essentially a few years ago, I was finishing a uh, co-editing a textbook on ethical leadership. And as I was coming to the end of that, I, I was also working full time in higher education and running my coaching business on the side and to try to do a textbook coaching business and, you know, my real gig it was a bit much. So my coaching business had kind of began to slow down and I thought, okay, I really want to spin this back up. I need to think about how do I refocus the work I'm doing? And, and so I spent some time doing some soul searching and realized that the people I wanted to connect with, right. You know, that ideal client was not so much a demographic, like a particular industry or a, uh, you know, particular level of leader, whether it's, you know, executive, CEO, uh, director, VP, whatever, but it was really more about a personality type and essentially people who care really deeply 
about both results and relationships. Um, as, you know, as we've talked before, that's a pretty, pretty demanding deal. We know going research all the way back to the 1950s on management studies that for the most part, people excel at one or the other. Usually you're really good at relationships and maybe not as good at results or you're really good at results, not as good at relationships. But there are people who are really trying to serve in both spaces and show up in both spaces. And it takes a tremendous amount of energy and in a sense really sort of sets you up for the possibility of burnout. So that, that'd be the professional side of it. And then the personal side is I'm just prone to this stuff. Um, you know, in 2013, I finished my PhD dissertation, successfully defended it. And a week later, I was in the emergency room because of a bowel obstruction as a healthy 40 year old that was running and doing, you know, eating right and all this stuff. Um, spent about three months not being able to eat solid food. Um, a lot of health issues that and those problems kind of came and went over the course of a couple of years, finally ended up with a pretty dire prognosis locally, basically just saying, this is just going to get worse. Like this is, this is not going away. Um, and let's talk quality of life. That was actually the phrase, um, which caught my attention. Um, you know, the good thing was at that point, I thought, well, I, like, that, this is good. I don't need to save for retirement anymore. So I actually, I can, you know, spend, spend big. Um, dark humor. But, but anyway, uh, so with that, that caught my attention. And we actually ended up, uh, my wife and I ended up going up to Mayo because they were doing some research on these symptoms. So after two weeks of poking and prodding from the best medical minds, certainly in the United States, if not the world, at the end of that experience, all this data, uh, the doctor sat me down in his office and said, Mr. Ward, tell me, how do you manage stress? Oh, and I thought you have got to be kidding me. Oh. No, 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 no. We did not come up here. So you could tell me this is about stress, but a lot of it was a physiological response. Eventually, uh, essentially my body had been sort of storing up all this stuff. Cause I'm kind of introverted and internal processor and all this stuff. And managed to really shut down my digestive tract, basically from the esophagus the rest of the way through wow. and was killing myself. Wow. Yeah. So this is serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I did not know that piece of your story. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, when you go back to this idea of high relationship, high results, people who are interested in both of those, yeah. that's our, that's our audience. We, you know, this is for Christian, Christian educators, uh, administrative leaders. We are high relationship. And of course we're interested in high results. So tell us more about that. The, the demands of that or what that looks like yeah. in the Christian yeah. education space, which, yeah. which piece so, of that you want to really dig into? Yeah. Sorry for not being more clear. Um, so part of your career has been working in Christian schools. That's where, that's where we first met. So specifically, what are common causes of burnout for educators and what are the telltale signs of burnout? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> what's funny is, and I'm thinking about it like, some research that came out from Gallup that they compiled in 2019. And they actually wanted to say that managers were kind of the number one cause. So, Hey, administrator, uh, listen up. Um, and I realize as private school educators, 
you know, yeah, you may be the headmaster, but ultimately you're accountable to your board and really to your parents, right? And one of the number one causes of burnout is this mismatch in the sense of the demands of the job and the resources you have to take care of the job are not lined up. Mm, Well, let's think about, again, these private schools that we're in, not a lot of resources a lot of times, huge expectations, right? Mm. You know, um, I see a lot of this in private schools, kind of my personal take on it is I feel like a lot of it's kind of an arms race or a dog and pony show of, you know, who's got the latest gadget, right? Uh, and so we're put, we put a lot of resources in the stuff that may or may not be serving our students, but we do so out of pressure, right, from, from external stakeholders a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the fact that, look, we've, we've got a social responsibility to turn out people who can think well. You know, I think a lot of the, just the fractions that we're seeing in the world are, are because of an inability to, we, we can't even agree on what the facts are anymore, right? And so, True. you know, people will say, well, you know, why do you need to memorize X, Y, and Z? You can just look it up on the internet. Well, you have no idea if it's real or not. You have no idea if this is true or not. So the need to train critical thinkers is is greater than ever. Yeah, very true. Very true. So let's let's look at specifically at the at the school realm. What are some what are some of the common causes for burnout for teachers? Let's say we've talked, we've looked at edu- at the admin. What about teachers? Yeah. So let me back up. Let's talk about the difference between burnout and worn out, and then we can apply it okay. uh, to teachers and maybe even talk a little bit about administrators. So okay. if you will think of a car engine. Okay. And so think of a car engine when it runs out of gasoline, essentially it just kind of butter, 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 sputters and it's done. It's going to stop running but you can get it going again by refilling it in the same way to be worn out is to be in a state where you're just done. You've used up your resources, but all you need is to rest and refuel and you can go back at it. Burnout is different. Mm -hmm. Burnout is more like that car engine running without oil. Mm. And as we know, an engine can run a while without oil, but as it runs, it's damaging itself until it gets to, yeah, until it gets to the point that it just ceases to operate and even some of the some of the original research that I did on burnout was about physician burnout, and it was inspired because of uh, some you know some local suicides in our medical community that were related to burnout. And so, again, this is real stuff. This is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. There are three factors or three dimensions of burnout. This goes back to the Maslach burnout inventory. It's a research-based tool for identifying burnout. It goes back to the research going all the way back to the 1980s. And essentially, we're looking at emotional exhaustion. I mean, I'll use the technical terms and then we'll break it down. But emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a a lack of accomplishment, a personal sense of ineffectiveness, if you will. So emotional exhaustion is that just you're you're so tired, you can't get out of bed, you're you're dreading going to work. Um, it, it is that state of having used up all your resources. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the only thing at work, this may be more about being worn out rather than burned out. And so we, there are things we can do about that. And, and again, rest and refreshment really is the key here. However, there's this thing called depersonalization. And I'll, and I'll give you an example of what, what's going on there. So 
a couple of years ago, I had a conversation as I was doing some of this research with the university president, and he was fascinated by the research on burnout because he mentioned a story of how he had uh, taken this two-week vacation in Bermuda, and when he got back, he didn't feel any better than before he left. Oh, wow. Okay. So he had done the rest and refreshment thing, and he wasn't any better. So, okay, there's a hint something else is going on. Mm-hmm. What he commented on, though, was that when he got back, he started working on one of his favorite projects for the university, something that he was really passionate about, connected with, and he felt better after doing that work than he did after having gone on vacation. Oh, wow. Why is that? Well, because the second factor of uh, burnout is depersonalization, which is a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of connection to people and to uh, purpose. Hmm. Okay. And so essentially what this uh, university president found is that by reconnecting to that sense of purpose, it re-energized him and pushed back against that burnout that he was experiencing. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. And then the third piece of this thing is this sense of ineffectiveness. Now, what we know from the research that really those first two dimensions are the most significant as far as predictors for burnout. Think of burnout also as a spectrum. We're all on the spectrum somewhere. I mean, you might be at the totally healthy end or you may be about to drop into a chasm end, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something about the depersonalization that I think is fascinating. And, And so those who are listening to this podcast with a humanities background, uh, I, I think you're really about to dig this. So when we worked together, uh, one of the things I was doing, uh, was teaching humanities. And so I got to go to the Dallas Institute of Humanities and Culture. They have a summer teachers program. And so I did a summer course on comedy and tragedy. One of the things I took back from that program was the basic difference between comedy and tragedy is not so much that one is sad and one is happy, but rather tragedies end in isolation uh, comedies and in community. So understand that this depersonalization really is about putting yourself on this tragic path. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things we have to do as educators under stress with a lack of resources, I mean, the, the classic recipe for burnout here, this lack of resources, often having to work these crazy hours because you got your school day, you're coming in at, at seven because you got people showing up early and then you're going to go till nine, 10 o'clock at night because you got games at night, activities in the evenings. So there's that lack of, uh, the, or the emotional exhaustion is kicking in and, and that emotional exhaustion often precedes the depersonalization. Why? Because you don't have the energetic resources needed to connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that's going to lead to the sense of ineffectiveness. You're feeling like a hamster in the wheel. Uh, I was thinking about a conversation I had with a friend who's a police officer, and he is dealing with uh, human trafficking here in East Texas. And I asked him how it was going, and he said, Stan, I feel like I'm throwing pebbles at a train. Wow. Ineffectiveness, right? Wow. Wow. So where do you go from there? I mean, once you kind of realize I'm not just worn out, I'm burned out, right? This is not just going to get better by taking a nap and taking a week off. What then? Like, what's, what's the remedy? How do, you, how do you move on from there without quitting your job, without leaving <laughs> all of your yeah. responsibilities behind? Because that's what you're going to want to do. What's, what's the positive? What's the good news on that? Yeah. So in the book, I talk about this idea of small experiments. Uh, 
And I'm, I'm convinced, and I know from both, both personal experience as well as my professional work and research, small experiments can create big change. So don't okay. be put off by this term, small experiment. Okay. Essentially, what this is about is saying, okay, what are deliberate, really, in a sense, baby steps? You know, what about Bob here? What are these sort of deliberate baby steps that I can take and learn from in such a way that it gets me closer to this more ideal state of my energy or my relationships or my sense of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'll tell you part of what makes these things so powerful is you're using a part of the brain that's getting shut off from burnout, right? Burnout effectively is about just being in a constant state of fight or flight, which is going to cause all kinds of, of health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, in fight or flight, what happens? Well, those creative functions diminish, right? Even our analytical thinking diminishes. And so in by, by using small experiments, by thinking about, okay, what is the goal that I'm trying to get to? What are some things that I can do to get just a little bit closer to that? Taking action on them and then reflecting and saying, okay, what happened? What made that important? What am I learning? How do I apply that moving forward? By going through that reflective space, you're using that part of the brain that's atrophying mm -hmm. when you're in that constant fight or flight. And you talk about deeper learning, that's the part of your brain you've got to keep activated if you want to have deeper learning. So that, I mean, this burnout stuff is such a threat for educators. Yeah, it really is. It really is. How many people do we know that started off in education? Super excited, right? And within a few years, they just, they throw in the towel. They're like, this is not worth it. How could we, maybe they were mismatched, but maybe they were just mismanaged, right? Well, that's what Gallup would suggest. Yeah. Um, uh, again, some of this we know is, is because of a, a lack of resources to meet the demands of the job. And so sometimes that may be a, a bad fit, but sometimes the demands of the job are intermediate, well, almost always the demands of the job are intermediated by the leader. Hello, listener. And so, you know, one of the things that I would encourage you guys and gals who are administrators is ask yourself, how many of my interactions end up putting people in fight or flight? Holy because if cow. it's better than 50%, here's the deal. You're going to lose good people. That is truth. <laughs> that is truth. So, and I, and I don't say that in a snarky way. I say that with, with a lot of empathy. I've, I've been a teacher. I've been an administrator. Yeah. I have been an administrator in, in, in a couple different organizations, both educational or, well, a couple different educational organizations and some ministry settings. I understand there's a lot of variables at play. Okay. You're squeezing your people because you're getting squeezed too. I get it. Yeah. It's true. Understand, however, there's a real cost to that. Yeah. So, so how do, you know, how do you create a culture as a, as a school leader? How do you create a culture that prevents this burnout? I mean, that, that, yeah. What do you do? How do, how do you change direction? If, if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh man, I think that's me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do I do about that? How do I, how do I change my, my interaction? How do I change my, my team culture so that it's not leading towards burnout? It's not creating fight or flight. Yeah. I, let's talk in terms of both sort of 
social science and silver bullet. So you're right. The silver bullet is, all right, what am I doing that's creating fight or flight? Anything you can do to diminish that is going to serve you and serve your school culture. What's happening when you're in that fight or flight state, your brain is taking a chemical bath in all kinds of feel bad chemicals. And even if you're the most reasonable person on the planet, and even if you have the best word tracks as a leader, your people still feel it when you communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking this chemical bath and they're taking this chemical bath, then guess what? Your hallways are filled with a mix of adrenaline and uh, I think it's, uh, oh gosh, I just, I just spaced out. It starts with a C. Cortisol? Um, yeah, I think that's right. Um, that's right. Cortisone is the cream you put on the owies. So cortisol, thank you. It, it's, your hallways are flooded with that stuff and it's going to come out on your students. It's going to come out on, their, on the family interactions you have. So whatever you can do, to start lowering the fight or flight and increasing that other space, increasing that creative space of the brain, mm. increasing the space of the brain, uh, you know, that's able to do analysis. And there's even a way to do that. There is sort of a judgy part of the brain that's just going to trigger the fight or flight. So that, that discernment space is really tricky. So, um, so you're saying start I, with taking care of their themselves first, right? Making sure yes. that they're not stressed out. And I, I set this book on my desk because I wanted to be sure and mention this. Yeah, Sacred Pace by Terry Looper. I would encourage your listeners, read this. Awesome. Um, friends, managing burnout is a spiritual discipline. Mm. And I'm not just saying it's a spiritual problem, but it is a, but managing this is a part of a spiritual discipline. So Looper has these wonderful four steps where he talks about, as, as leaders, this idea of, you know, connect, basically uh, connect with your friend, Jesus. And, you know, so how we approach Jesus, uh, this idea of do your due diligence in your decision-making, you've got to do your research. Also watch for circumstance. And then finally get your ego out of the way. He calls mm -hmm. it getting neutral, but it's really about get your ego out of the way. Make sure you're making decisions, not so much based on fear of, of loss, uh, but, but on something much more solid based on a peace given by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. That's good. And that's so start good. there. Um, and then also from kind of the social science perspective, anything you can do to help people have a better sense of control, uh, a better alignment between their personal values and the work that they do. Um, anything you can do to help people sort of manage just literally the workload. Um, you know, I think, it's going to sound so silly, but the, you know, small experiments like saying, okay, don't send emails after work hours. So that mm. people's phones are, are pinging right in the, in the, in the after work hours. Again, this is coming out of Gallup and a lot of other places, this recognition that technology has essentially just enabled some of these factors that, that cause burnout. So is there, is there a connection between boundaries, having healthy personal boundaries with burnout? I, uh, I'm sure there is. I'm going to infer there is because, because yeah, ability to, to say no and to draw some lines. Again, rest and refreshment, whether it's burnout or worn out, either way, rest and refreshments is where you really have to start. And there's a difference between rest and numbing. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, there is.
uh, numbing would be more of the destructive path. <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, just an evening of Netflix may not really be rest. You may, I mean, your brain may just be spinning the whole time. Yeah. So again, think of if you have an appliance, let's say you, you have an appliance that's, you can't turn off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That appliance will burn out literally. Right. Um, so what do you do if the off switch is broken? You have to unplug it. It's mm-hmm. the same thing for yourself. You have to find disciplines, ways of unplugging. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And this may sound woo-woo, but but learning how to reconnect with your physical body really is a big deal. Uh, again, I'm on the uh, and we've talked about our our Gallup Strengths Finders profiles. I mean, I, I'm like all on that strategic thinking side. Uh, it, it's a miracle I can find employment. Um, so my head is, is like, man, it's like Disneyland. It is a party up there, but it is constantly spinning. And so disciplines of getting out of that, because that's actually causing some of these fight or flight responses yeah. and going, all right, what's going on out here? Oh, look, I've managed to incapacitate my digestive system. I can't eat solid food. I need to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, of course, the most extreme state. But but uh, for me, I, you know, I catch myself, if I start to sigh, or I'll just stop breathing. I literally just stop breathing. I'm thinking so hard. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just t- tune in, pay attention to that stuff. Wow. Well, one of, one of our mentors in the Dominican Republic was our pastor in Harabacola. His name was Popin. And he, he said, on my day off, I do not read. I do not write. I don't, I, I do something that's either manual labor or I create something with my hands. Yeah. I, I, I literally try to use a different part of my brain and it's relaxing for me. Right. Because if I'm, if I'm reading, if I'm writing, if I'm, if I'm with other people, I do that all day for work. I need to do something that's totally different that, that really does recharge me in a different way. And that was, that was a good, good piece of wisdom. So yeah, two thoughts, find the things that, that give you those happy chemicals, right? The endorphins. And there's a variety of things that do that. But, but also too, from my own experience now on the weekends, I sort of force myself to get a little bored. Hmm. What do you mean? Because I, I just do, do some nothing for a while and make sure I, I there's always so many things that I want to do or projects I have in mind, but yeah, I'll just read some, some silly fiction, or even I still read comic books. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm 47 year old male. And again, I should be living in my mom's basement probably. But, <laughs> this is uh, true confessions. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is group therapy. This is great. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining me today on learning to serve. And is there any last uh, piece of wisdom or even an invitation that you'd like to give our listeners? Yeah, I'll do, I'll give you both a a piece of wisdom and a piece of invitation. Awesome. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's a piece. I'll give you the whole invitation. I'll, I'll, I'll share. I'll be generous. Um, so a friend of mine who's a counselor had this wonderful insight about working with people who have depression. And as he shared this insight, I was, again, this is when I was writing the book and I thought, oh my gosh, this is also true for burnout. And his comment was, one of the things that he does for folks who are, who are dealing with depression, and by the way, depression and burnout can be difficult to unwind. And, and there, are, uh, there are ways to do that. There are tools to do that. So I, I would encourage your readers or your listeners, excuse me, feel free to email me. I've got, I've got some resources that can help mm-hmm. with that. Um, but he said, every day, do something necessary 
something meaningful and something fun. You know, when you do something necessary, you're fighting against that sense of ineffectiveness. When you do something meaningful, you're fighting against that depersonalization. When mm. you're doing something fun, you're doing something that gives you energy. Yeah, that's good. So that's the wisdom. The invitation is I would love to offer your, your listeners a group program that will start this spring. I'm working on a, a, a group coaching program to be a six month program that helps leaders fight against burnout, both for themselves and for their teams and to do it with a core set of leadership skills that serve them both in the world and at home. So uh, I'm limiting it to 10 participants. We'll start in the spring. So if you're interested in more information about that, send me an email, stan, S-T-A-N, at coachingforinfluence, all one word, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-F-O-R-I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E, stan at coachingforinfluence.com. Uh, or use some of the, we'll have some stuff in the show notes here to connect as well. So let me know of your interest. And also I'd just say any of your listeners who would like to have a copy of the audio files for my book, I'll be happy to share those as well. Just send me an email and just put audiobook in the subject line and I'll be happy to, to share that resource. Wow. That is very generous. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome today. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I invite you to share this with a friend and give us a five-star rating wherever you find your podcast. I also invite you to visit our website at christiandeeperlearning.org. Check out CDL4, the professional development that is available right now for your school staff. CDL4 offers a great opportunity to explore what deeper learning means for your Christian school. Remember this quote from Howard Hendricks, Christian education is like a bomb with a long fuse. It takes a while to go off.